This is a Culture Inject production. Welcome back to Part of Us, an Invoke Fancast. Before we begin, follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Invoke Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast and at Invoke Craze. Stream Part of Us on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you have ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions, email them to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. Like what you hear, leave us a rating and a review and let us know. Uh, this episode is our season one wrap up, a look back at the season and looking to the future and Yay! a surprise. We got a surprise for our listeners, too. But before we do all of that, we need to talk about what's trending. Yes. Well, well first, that we missed you so much on our uh, retrospective of the Funky Divas album, Josh. So we just wanted to know... Uh, your thoughts on Funky Divas just you know any quick thoughts you have about Funky Divas oh my gosh like classic like the album like the pinnacle I feel like Funky Divas is like the thing that people think about when they think about In Vogue so like I really can't like I could dissect it and splice and dice it but like the thing that I'll like that resonates the most is that it's the classic that is the classic that album cover the songs it is the moment <laughs> and it's still the moment it's still that girl still that girl it is it's their piece their resistance and so the expanded and remastered edition comes out march 25th so if you have a little extra money inflation hasn't got you all the way down you know just you know download the digital release um but there is something else that is new it's been out for a couple of weeks now. It's already at 2 million views on YouTube. The Bring Back the Time New Kids on the Block single that, of course, features in Vogue, as well as Salt and Peppa and Rick Astley. Have we all watched the, the video? Yes. 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 What do, we, what do we think of it? It's so cute. It's adorable. It was a very cute video. I love, I, I love videos where the artist just is goofy and playful and they play around with different looks and it's comedic. I I think the song itself is like super fun. It's very um, trendy for like, a, it's like a trendy bubblegum pop fun song. I just was a little bit disappointed that Invo was only given ad-libs on the song. I was expecting like for them to get like a bridge or like a verse themselves because obviously it's so many people on the song itself, but I just was a little disappointed. However, the song is fun. I like the song. The video was great. Um, Invoke looked freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. I love, my favorite look was the um, cheerleaders. I just thought it was so cute. Terry with her pigtails. I just was, I, it was just so cute. Even watching the behind the scenes um, of uh, what was the the reference of them, the black dresses with the instrumental. What video was that again? I forgot. Addicted to love. Yeah, so even like the behind the scenes video of them spaced out so they can make room for Rick Astley's uh, green screen body. Just watching them just kind of like just rock back and forth. I'm like, look at my girls just being so freaking <laughs> statuesque and dope. Like, I was excited for them. I love it. It's a good look for them for sure. 
I thought it was so cute. I thought it was like an adorable like moment for them. I agree. I was I was about a minute and a half in and I was like, so when are they coming? <laughs> <laughs> um and then when they popped up, I thought even um the song is not necessarily my cup of tea. Like I don't think I want to listen to it like without watching the video. Like the video is what kind of brings brings it home for me. Um, but I thought it was it was a good moment. And yes, for all them views, we love eyeballs on our ladies. That's okay. right. Period. I think I think I was just more interested in um, kind of knowing the business of New Kids on the Block. You know, it seemed like they had a little budget. You know, they could afford to bring in some people, you know, some looks. So, I mean, I, hopefully, you know, the ladies of EV, they're, um, you know, taking some notes and getting some some ideas and some, uh, and, you know, just figuring out how the business. <laughs> no, but I mean, because they don't they're not signed to a major label. Right. New, Cl- New Kids on the Block isn't signed to a major label, but they're still able to, like, perform and show up in a high level. So. You know, hopefully they've been able to share some best practices. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think that's what we talked about when the song premiered and we were kind of wondering if there was going to be a video, what the promo was for. And I was just thinking like, new kids on the block, new kids on the block. Like they really turned it around because of everyone on the tour. I think like the per- the group or the, the act that had the big the most recent big hit, even though it was like years ago, was Info. Like, Don't Let Go was huge. My son Pepper was a big, was very necessary, but I remember they came out with that song, um, like, was it, Are You Ready? Or something like that, and that didn't really do well. Rick Astley, I know he was very popular, maybe late 80s, early 90s, and then New Kids, like, they had, you know, I think it was like Dirty Dog or something was the name of the song, and it was just like a huge flop, and they never really regained that. I know Donnie and Joey went solo. And like we talked about, we, we like give it to you by Jordan Knight. That was a good song, but it was just like Jordan was on Surreal Life. And they, they had a very short run for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and But like then all of a sudden, somehow, some way, I don't know if it's a good management, a good team, if it's Donnie being on Blue Bloods, I don't know if it's Mark Wahlberg, his brother, but like they really, and they really turned it around. And I would love that for In Vogue just more prestige, more quality, not having to take every gig that comes along, just looking the part of the star. And so I did enjoy the, I mean, I agree with what everyone said about the video. For me, it's it's definitely visual. Um, and it's just, I like seeing the ladies look good and they looked good in the video. They looked really good. And I liked the uniforms. I like, there is, I, I like when everyone is dressed differently, but there is something about when a group, everyone has on the exact same thing and a style like the same way and like the makeup is the same. So that like cheerleaders, like, you know, when are you gonna see in Vogue as cheerleaders? So um, it is a little bit, um, for me, that's on my, like towards the, the corny end of the spectrum, but like sometimes, you know, like you, you, I can do a little corny. So that it was cute, I enjoyed it myself. <laughs> it's a catchy song, it's a catchy song. It is. Who was it that somebody said it sounded like the weekend? And I think I kind of agree. Like it kind of sounds like me. a weekend track. I yeah. I said that. Yeah. Was there a particular '80s visual y'all wanted to see Invoke recreate? Because I would love to see them do like a little take on like Madonna, Material Girl, with like the pink. I think that would oh, be that kind of cute. Nice. That would have been really cute. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Madonna Vogue as well. Is that, is that the 80s? Is that, like, well, that was 1990. 90, yeah. 
It could have been cute if they did salt and pepper. Oh, yes, to yeah. kind of see the hair, the hairstyles and the yeah. gold hoops yeah. and the chains with the bomber jackets. That would have been really cute because we don't really see Invo uh, sporty or casual like that. Usually we see them like glamorous. So that would have been like a cool, fun to see them like in some like Converse, you know, <laughs> that would have been fun to see. For sure. I saw a comment. Someone was saying that. Well, I did hear someone did say they should have done Madonna's Vogue because I guess you know in Vogue, Vogue, and someone else said they should have like recreated Whitney's looks from I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh yeah, that would oh. And so I, 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 super, this is like, I, I mean, I love the cheerleader look, but Mickey, Tony Basil, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think just because of the way it went down, like they're seeing like all of the background of the ad libs and everyone else got longer parts. Like, you know, they should have at least got three looks because one, they're behind Joey McIntyre and then the other time they're cheerleader. So at least give them, you know, another reference because New Kids on the Block, I know it's their song, but they were like Duran Duran and Journey and Twisted Sister and then they did Beat It and then like, so come on, you know, spread it around a little bit. Okay, so we have um, facts that Max is back putting tracks on wax. Oh, that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I want that specifically for you. I wrote that and I highlighted it in blue just for you. I, I love it. <laughs> you read it. We have oh. facts, Max is back putting tracks it, on it. wax. <laughs> Period. Okay. That is hilarious. End of episode. That's it. So, <laughs> last week, Miss Jones reposted a snap of herself in the recording booth, um, originally shared by her business partner, Brian Martin. So, are you guys as excited as I am? What are your expectations of Max's solo project? I'm more excited than you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to say, the... the the little EP that was, I guess, illegally put out that she was like, don't listen to. I thought it was cute. So I thought she, and I thought she sounded good with St. James or whatever. So, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what she does. I hope it's, um, I hope it's at a, a you know, a nice quality, a nice, you know, R&B type of vibe to compliment her voice. Well, I'm excited as well. I love Maxine. I love her voice. I love her style. Um, and I think that it is a good time for her to set herself apart from the Edie Bread and like really tell us what, show us the kind of artist that she is, show us like what she has to say as a woman, as an artist. You know, I feel like she has a, a, a cool point of view. So I'm excited to, to hear what she's going to put out. I've enjoyed the stuff that she has done collaborating with other artists. That Christmas song, I thought it was really cute. The EP with St. James, I thought that was cute. I like about maybe like, I think it was four songs. I like I like three of them, you know, that I actually replay. It was good, so I'm excited for it to see what she puts out. Come through, Max. Put that track Even on Even though Max. I think she needs to do house music, and I, and I sent her a message saying that. <laughs> that is a good idea. <laughs> she and needs to do the house, like the very Cece Peniston. She needs to give us that Martha Wash. And I think it's, and I also think dance, I think it's, that's an easier market to kind of break into because, I mean, even, you know, adult R&B is getting younger and younger. Like, if you really look at, like, the adult R&B charts, you've got a lot of younger artists there where maybe 10 years ago it was more 
of kind of the older neo soul artists but now you have people like summer walker and and um um ari lennox who are like topping the adult r&b charts so i just think that it's such a it's you, you need a certain amount of backing and as an independent artist i'm like just go ahead and, and do put out that dance song and let the gays and the girls um you know live for it <laughs> well real talk though like i feel like there's no more loyal fan base than like house music folks like because it it's not it's not really about the visual it's not really about all the other politic of music it's, mm-hmm. they, they just want to dance and they just want a, a strong vocal to go with it and so like what's the song um cc Pennison did that song with um uh steve silk hurley uh yeah he he loves, uh, he me, loves too. me too yeah like that is such a like it's like eight minutes it's amazing and i feel like you could see that kind of it came yeah. out in like the early 2000s yep and the gays eat it up. All the drag queens love that song. Yeah. So. <laughs> Especially when, and when it's like dance music, there are so many DJs who, if it's a good song, there's so many DJs who will remix that song and put their own spin on it. So now you have so many different types of audiences listening to your song. They want to find it. You know, I mean, there's so many raves that happen. Girl, you better get you get you a song for so the club kids can can be can be high right. on Percocet and, and dancing <laughs> all night to your music. No, but listen, that, that song came out. I just looked. It came out in 1999. It's over 20 years old, and it's still going viral. And it wasn't even a big hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't like a huge, like, billboard hit or anything. And, you know, it started going viral a couple of years ago um, when the um, drag queen from the Continental Pageant um, did it. Um, And she was, like, bouncing her breasts up and down. Did y'all see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget yeah. her name and I feel bad I because think it's she's Giselle. Yeah, Jack- Giselle Bobby yeah. Royale, I believe. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it started taking a, a whole other life. So you don't have to, you know, hit the billboard charts to to rule the dance charts, you know? Well, I hope that's what it's giving. Either way, I feel like it's it's all good, right? If we love when they're booked. We love when they're booked and busy. Right. All right, friends. So on to today's discussion. Uh, this is our last episode for the season. Um, but Aww. don't fret. Have we, we will been be turning. <laughs> <laughs> According to some of them comments, apparently we have. Um, <laughs> um, but don't fret. We will return in May with brand new episodes for season two. We ain't going nowhere. So I have a question for the room. Um, so since this is our final episode, we we talked about so much <laughs> on this show. Um, what made you all want to be a part of the podcast? I'll start with you, Matan. Well, I, to be perfectly honest, I didn't want to do it, but I saw that Matt wanted four people and I was like well you, you really can do it with three but you know I, I'm an Invoke fan like you, you know my story like I was passing out the flyers for EV when they did Soul Flower and all that stuff so like you know I just I have to come through as a fan every now and then and that's really why I did not expect it to like it this much like I didn't expect to like love you guys as much as I do and just sit and chat with you guys no. I'm being serious I you know <laughs> I I, I, I 
now I really enjoy like getting, to, you know, just to sit and talk with you guys. It's so much fun for me. And I think it's fun for all of us. That's why our episodes are, can be over two hours easily <laughs> because we love talking about music. I mean, and outside of In Vogue, I feel like we have similar tastes to a certain degree and similar life experiences probably. So that's why I'll be on season two. Agreed. Season one though, like it was just like, okay, you need four people, I'll be the fourth. And that's what it was. <laughs> what about you, JP? Some of my friends have been telling me for like the last couple of years, I have a lot of opinions and I need a podcast. And so I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know how to start a podcast. I don't know. Like, you know, whatever. Um, so when I saw um, this opportunity, I thought, well, this will be a good time to kind of, you know, get my feet wet i love in vogue I've, I've loved them for a long time and and i love music in general so i thought you know we'll see how it goes uh i love girl groups and i love talking about girl groups and more like more than that i love in vogue but i've never had like people to talk about it with yes. like i've always loved yes. i've loved it like on my own in my own little corner in my own little chair but like i have never had like a crew to like talk about the things i know i'm thinking that other people see yes. other than like on the internet right like you see that in in the group for instance and like in comments you'll see people affirm your like what you thought you saw or what you heard or whatever and so it's nice to be in like community with a couple of other folks who like get it and want to talk about it just as much as I do because everybody else be rolling their eyes people just like yes you know <laughs> or, or they're like well you know they had some cute songs but they're not like the big fans where they know the albums and right, they're right. still following it's like who else am I going to talk about the b-sides with right you know what I mean? like, <laughs> most, of my, most of my friends don't know anything from in vogue since don't let go you know <laughs> like wow. that's it yeah, that's the truth though yeah yeah, 100% agreed. I feel like every time Invogue has ever come up in a conversation with some friends of mine, I've always been the the captain of the ship because no one is as passionate about Invogue as I am in those spaces. So I was like, wow, a podcast just about Invogue? Hmm. Let me see. But it is it is just amazing how we have managed to talk about it both for 10 episodes. And there's going to be a season two because there's still so much more to talk about when you have super fans like us. And, of course, super fans who listen, yes. thankfully, yeah. um, that want to hear us talk about what we talk about. And, yes, it's always cool to, to just be around you know, super fans. I feel like everybody has, like, everybody feels like they have, like, a quirky... Um, a quirky, weird obsession with something, but then when you when you like talk to other people, you're like, oh no, it's not it's not that quirky because there are other people mm-hmm. who feel the same way I do, and now we can create a community of quirkiness, you know. So that's why I I wanted to be a part of the podcast. I love that I came. I do enjoy every time that we get to record and talk about it. Yes. So, did you guys have any um, expectations when you first joined? I truly did not expect that anyone would, you know, want to listen to something that can be as like as long as it can be because we really go deep into depth. So whenever, you know, we get like having listener letters, like you actually listened and, you know, want to comment like I did not expect that my expectation was just going to be, you know, this might 
go for a couple of, you know, episodes, then, you know, somebody's going to get bored and that, that'll be that. But I did not think it would, you know, we'd be having the second season. I feel like, you know, somebody whose show got picked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only expectation was hoping that we we all have good camaraderie. Oh, that is true. Because yeah. mm. it's, it's nothing worse than, like, watching a, a, ho- a panel with, like, hosts and there's no chemistry. They don't vibe well. You know, and then sometimes they just don't enjoy being there with each other. So my, I would just, my hope was that, I hope we all get along. I hope that we all, you know, build a rapport. Because that translates into the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. viewers can feel like, Oh my god, it's like I'm talking to my friends. So that was one of my expectations. And it was fulfilled. Aww. Destiny fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Y'all said it all. I feel like I really was like, first of all, ain't nobody about to listen to us talk for two hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, folks keep doing it. Like and that I mean, I can see the numbers just off off of YouTube, and that's like plenty. And then you think about all the other platforms that folks might be listening on, and I was like, okay, there's like a there's folks who like want to talk about these things too, which was nice. But I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, you, but you know what's interesting though is like, because for me, I wasn't sure. Like, I didn't know you guys. And so I thought, well, as someone who's been a part of the EV fandom, the online fandom for years, going back to the Yahoo groups, I know that all fan. All fans are not created equal and, you know, there, <laughs> there are, um, some interesting folks in the mix. And so I'm like, I don't know what this mix is going to be. You know what I mean? Cause there, there are some fans who are like, if you have anything, any type of negative critique or anything, uh, if you say anything other than they're awesome, then you're a hater and, yeah. you know, it, it turns into, you know, something negative. And sometimes a critique is just, you know, room for improvement. And <laughs> I think, I think everyone here is, you know, we're open to each other's, um, ideas, even if we don't all agree, but we can just, you know, have the discussion. It's a safe space. Right. Exactly. It's a safe space. We can agree to disagree. Right. About Dawn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but speaking of. Or, or the Born to Sing album cover. Oh, you know, right. Just... <laughs> and that, I think the Born to Sing album cover is probably my standout moment just because, like, there was so much uh, feedback regarding that album cover that I just didn't expect because I never really thought about it like that but do you gentlemen have any personal standout moments from the podcast so far hmm yes hmm. I have one one of the fan <laughs> is it is it on the Funky Divas um episode the fan letter where um you know the letter that she was talking about um everyone's to blame for the demise of In Vogue and and um I think we we talked about that for quite some time. Was that the Funky Divas one? It was the Funky Divas episode. Josh wasn't here. Is it that? Was it that? Was it DT's letter when he was going in on Terry? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh no, you were here, Josh. Yes, you went in on Terry. We were referencing that Terry. uh, Terry did a podcast interview, and yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, Matan had receipts. Receipts. We had a dissertation. I I love all the girls. 
Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I love all the talents. I think each brought huge value to the group, but I think Dawn's perspective has been very misunderstood and many key facts have gone undiscussed, including all the drama behind Terry and her actions after Funky Divas and leading into her solo project. Thanks again. Keep up the good work. Well, thank Thanks, you, DT. DT. For, the, for the very thorough email and the receipts. We love a good receipt. And now, were they receipts, though, or were they your opinion, DT? Because um, let me jump in and just say, and I don't know why well, people do not get about this. The different... Okay, so Terry had a solo deal. Don also had a solo deal with Electra. So I don't know how Terry turned her back on the group. The issue with Don that makes it different, which I don't know why people don't get this, is she somehow negotiated to get to have Electra release her solo rights and then signed a deal with Aftermath. And then when But it, I think we're forgetting one thing though. Oh, what am I forgetting? When it comes to renegotiations, in order to renegotiate, you have to have leverage, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to my boss and I'm saying, I need more money, well, why should I pay you more money? You should pay me more money because I have these offers on the table and they're willing to pay me this much, this much, and this much. This is what I'm worth. This is my leverage. And a lot of times, and I've seen, I've heard of different artists who have been able to um, get bought out of their deals um, by another label. So if this person is willing to pay my old label to pay whatever I owe on my contract or whatever, then that's how you avoid a lawsuit. You know what I'm saying? Like if we don't have everyone unified to say this company, this company, this company wants to give us X amount of dollars. So Electra, what do you bring into the table? Because we've got offers over here. Well, it's interesting. I, I do like the perspective that you brought because I didn't think of it that way because that's not the way it was presented. The way Don tells the story is like they were really trying to sign with um, LaFace. So, okay, I do get the, the, the um, idea of leverage. That makes more sense than the way that she told it. Baby, <laughs> we went in. It was so funny. It was so funny. That was funny for me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess all of my standout moments are, it's, it, it's, I guess it's more like a reference of moments where when we're just in conversation and then we can like laugh about how we implement moments into that conversation. For example, like, you know, we do make jokes about how Don blocks JP. <laughs> so I think, so it's, I think it's so funny like when we can when we can find ways to like move that in there really quickly. <laughs> just cause it kinda like it goes back to like uh, acknowledging the rapport that we built just being like super fans together or whatever. So those are all always my sign out moments. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I think it's, it's every time somebody tells me I'm wrong about the Born to Sing album cover, like, <laughs> that's my fave, like, cause I'm gonna die on that hill. Like, that's, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Josh, you you had the most listener letters address you <laughs> because of that one directly. comment. I don't understand, <laughs> and I hope they keep coming in season two because I'll still be here to say <laughs> it. It's so fun. <laughs> so, have your views on the group and its members, past or present, have they changed at all since joining the podcast? I will say that this podcast has allowed me room to be a little bit more gracious with In Vogue right now. I, you know, I they released a video this past week of like, oh, come behind the scenes with In Vogue and like, 
we were we were we were getting ready with them, and they were like, you know, uh, you know, we do our makeup, da, 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 da. just like kind of like getting ready with Vogue. It was it was cool to watch just because like we don't really see behind the scenes footage of Vogue like in in this era, so it was fun. But it's also kind of like okay, let me be more gracious because it's like they don't have the budget that we want them to have. You know, they don't have they don't have the budget for like a whole team. So although I can still say that I want this for them, I can still be gracious and say, okay, well, it is what it is. <laughs> so you know, I guess that's 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 kind of like what I've learned, I guess. But 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 like I said, I, just, I can be gracious just to know that. Um, okay, they don't have the budget for all this glam like they used to, and this is what they can do. And it's kind of like, yeah, and we and we want all of our money to go to our bank accounts. I don't want to have to spend a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars on a glam team and then have to pay for them and their travel, da da da, because then I put money out of my mm-hmm. pocket. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned to be a little bit more gracious, although my shade will not stop. I just can I can be more gracious in that in that area. I love Yo Yo Vogue. I do. I do. I will say I have definitely like I came in with my with my faves and I tend to play diplomatic most of the time. But um, I don't know. I feel like I've got a better appreciation of like the the members that maybe I I had written the narrative off for. Like, so I'm not. Like, I think the shenanigans and the non-invoke dawn drama is, like, uh, always going to irritate me. But I really enjoyed the episode we did because it sort of gave more depth. And I think we were able to talk a little bit more about, like, the ins and outs of, like, Dawn's career in particular. And to give it context in a way that I think might explain why some of the things are the way they are. Because I think some people make these hot takes and, you know, we we know the clickbait. We see the headline. We see the Instagram interview. And, you know, we, like, jump on that. But, like, everything is about its like the span of a career, right? And so I just like those moments when we can talk in depth about those things give me better insight and they make me appreciate all of the ladies more, more. So I agree. I think having JP Don's public defender on the show, you know, I think that made me see some things in a different way because I don't know if you know my YouTube tag, but like I, well, not so much recently, but back in the day, like I really would, I was brutal, you know, people who disagree with me. And it, like, if it was like, <laughs> you know, somebody said anything kind of sideways about Rona or, you know, like I, it, like if you, if you know the tag, you know the tag. This, but it's kind of different. Like when you're actually interacting with someone who has a different opinion and you have a respect for that person, you know who that person is. And, you know, JP, gives very good reasoning, very good examples. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe Don, you know, maybe he has a point. Maybe Don wasn't just totally off her rocker. Maybe she just wasn't totally being selfish. You know, maybe she did. There was a method to her madness. It was madness, but maybe <laughs> there was a method to it. So, yes. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's important, you know, as, as hosts and even as listeners that, you know, we love these artists, you know, we have such a respect for them and admiration, and we are inspired by their work and what they do and how they, you know, um, contribute to the culture. But we also recognize that they're still human beings, 
You know, they're not they're not faultless. They they they'll make mistakes. You know, we don't know what they were going through at the time. So I feel like, you know, our our job on this podcast is to pick things apart. It's to you know that's our job. You know, it's our job to kind of like, oh well, what about this? At the same time, it doesn't take away the respect we have for them, the admiration we have for them, and to still recognize that all these women, whether together or apart, are still iconic, and and we love them mm-hmm. for that. You know, I I have the same view as as Dawn, like. You know, I'd be like, oh, here come uh, JP, what you got to say about Dawn? <laughs> you know, but the points are valid and it does make me look at certain situations in a different way. And and regardless, of, and I am a naturally shady person. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a slick mouth. I can't help it, you know, but I still respect and I recognize that she is that girl. She is amazingly talented. I want to see her win still to this day. And I and I'm optimistic that we will see you know her slay as a solo artist uh, in some capacity you know but I, but I feel like we still we still are gracious enough to be like they're human and these things happen um, and there's a love there despite the circumstances absolutely also we give Rona all the love too which is wonderful I agree with everything. The reason I think we're able to do this podcast and still have so much to talk about to have another season is because the ladies are still active currently. So we're not just talking about remember what they did in 1992. You know, we're talking about, you know, current things that they have going on. And so I think I have a greater appreciation for Terry and Cindy for continuing with the legacy and you know doing what they have to do to i mean not only for themselves to you know so they can eat and um take care of themselves and their families but you know to also um continue with the uh legacy and the brand of invoke well said now we have a surprise for our listeners. One of our sources close to En Vogue reached out to us about premiering a brand new remix to one of En Vogue's songs. The song? Ooh. A Thousand Times. Our source? Well, we're not at liberty to disclose who our anonymous benefactor is. Still, <laughs> we'd like to thank them for thinking of us and allowing us to premiere this track on our podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so without further ado, we give you the world premiere of the remix to A Thousand Times. Thank you. 
So, folks, what are y'all's thoughts on the remix? Do you prefer the original or the remix? Give me your thoughts. I, I want to hear. So let me say this: I always loved that song. Honestly, when it was I first heard it on the um the Christmas movie, right? And I liked it then. And then they released a version on iTunes that it sounded different from the version um that I had originally heard. But I like this one a lot more. It has more of an R&B feel. It's like a nice kind of, you know, more soulful version. I think Rona sounds great. And I like the fact that, you know, there's only one person singing. Yes. Because, <laughs> because I hate the feeling of y'all trying to get everybody apart on the song when sometimes if one person has got it covered, let them ride it out. 
you know, let them handle that. And Rona does a great job on it. I enjoy it. I, I like the remix a lot better than the original. I actually love the remix because I feel like the music translates well to like a live performance. It sounds full. Like if you put like a live bit on it, I feel like it'll it'll knock uh, on a, on a different level. And I love Invo Christmas. Like I I watched that movie this past uh, this past Christmas. I think it's so cute. Um, but no, I, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of the remix for sure. Even though I wasn't I wasn't looking forward to remixes. <laughs> But I do love a good remix. I'm not even gonna lie. So wait, I just want to know, like, what is this remix for? Is it is it you know going to be a, a part of another project? Is it, is it a standalone situation? That's what I want to know. We shall see. We Questions shall see. Questions that need answers. And so benefactor, living- we need some um, <laughs> some more info. <laughs> I also really, I also really, really like the remix. I thought it was like, I, I think champ, you just said, and I think we had mentioned this before. It sound, it sounds fuller. There are two different listening experiences. Cause I think the original is like interesting in a different kind of way. It's like kind of got that sparing, like kind of instrumentation thing. It's like, I don't know. It's a different kind of listen. This feels more like a little bit more radio friendly. It's got more of a vibey kind of sound to it. Like it feels like. A, like a, it feels much more like nowish to me. So like I kind of like um, both, but I think that the remix is just a, a fuller, more like a uh, rich kind of sound. Right. One thing that I can say though, there is like a little baby crying in the background or something in the remix. I I could do without. I mean that's it's a little off putting in the beginning for me. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a, it's like a sound. It's like a, it's a sound that's a bit, it throws me off a little bit in the beginning before they get into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like on the Aaliyah song. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Song. It reminds me. That's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? It's also, isn't there, there's a baby on rocket too. Mm-hmm. Yes, there mm-hmm. is. There is. It's a, it's a motif. It's a baby giggling in the background. <laughs> Well, it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, we love when these kinds of things land on our plates, right? Like, this is like a, like being able to do premiere something on here and season one of a podcast run by fans is kind of dope, you know? Um, so the track will be available on all streaming platforms. So stay tuned for that. And thank you again to our glorious benefactor. Yes. So our plans for the future. This is the final episode for season one. And season two was coming very soon. What are some things you guys want to see as far as interviews goes? You know, hopefully we'll get some Invoke members, some Invoke creatives that work with the group to come on here. What are some questions you would love to ask Invoke or Frank Gatson or, you know, Foster McGonagall? Oh my God, just the questions will be endless. I could just ask them about the most mundane things, like just to get into <laughs> the minutia of everything. Like right. I would ask Frank Gatson about the whatever choreography in particular. That's probably my favorite piece he's did. And I heard, or maybe it was him who said that Lorian Gibson Boomcat was, I guess maybe the assistant choreographer or something. Like, I, do you have a full choreography? You know, I, mean, I could ask probably a thousand questions about that video, the whatever video, just alone. Um, And so anyone who was involved in that video in any way, like I would have a thousand questions for that person, whether it be a member of the group, whether it be Troy Jensen, if he did the makeup, 
Matthew Ralston, Frank Gadsden, The Grip, whoever did the 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 craft services table. Because it's just <laughs> I love that video, and I at first when I was little and it was out, and I know a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like it. it you know, it was off putting for like the R and B audience for the BT audience. And now I just love it. And it's like, I have to stop myself from watching it so I can appreciate it. Like when I do watch it and just watch it back to back to back to just look for things and look at the, you know, the way the outfits fit on their bodies and the way they're moving. So I have, it will be like, my questions would just be very, very, very specific. So. But that's, that's the thing when fans ask questions. Like, I hate when I watch an interview from an artist that I've been knowing for years and they always get asked the same questions. I feel like as fans, we have very detailed things we want to know. Like, back in 1996, you had said, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and you looked at her funny and I wanted to know, like, what were you thinking in that moment? Like, we have very specific questions that we want the details on. Like, for me, I, I, um, I personally would love to interview Maxine. Um, I feel like she is the one member of Invoke who has not spoken as much. And I just have some, you know, the questions that I, we've talked about it throughout the season, but a lot about her aesthetic and being very groundbreaking and, and her approach with her natural hair, um, her body type and those things. Um, also, I, I want to know about her voice and and kind of how she feels, like what does she feel she brings to the table, and and all of the all of those stuff. Like she she's like the number one person I really 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 would like to to talk to. I would love to talk to Foster McGovern. Just like why a girl group? Like what inspired you guys to start in Vogue? You know, and and um, I want to know. I just want to. I don't know much about them outside of. You know, outside of you know them being the masterminds behind them, but like, what were you guys doing beforehand? Like, you know, what is your what, what was your goals and what was your plans in the, in the industry? Like, it was this always the plan to do this? Like, I just I just kind of want to get to know them more. Uh, what are they doing now? You know, um, but mainly by the way, like like what was the inspiration behind you know creating this girl group? You know, and why and why you go from three to four? You know, what was it like? I specifically I'm like what were y'all's notes to each other when the girls were auditioning like what was it about uh, about Dawn yeah. what was what why did you why was Terry's audition so amazing that you had to make the group a foursome and not a threesome like you know like I don't know those things I would love to love, love to, to hear I would that. also want to ask them like what would they have done different like hindsight is twenty twenty, right so what would you have done differently in terms of anything like a song? Because I hear a lot of producers like I, I've I've listened to a couple of Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis um, interviews and, and podcast interviews. And they talk about how they don't like listening to certain songs because they always feel like, oh, I would have changed that or I would have done this. I would have added this. So I wonder, like, what are some of those things they would have maybe done differently from a production standpoint, a songwriting standpoint or, you know, anything? And and a more specific question, another specific question, I would love to ask either anybody, uh, Frank Gaston, in Vogue, um, like, what were some barriers that you had to kind of push through being a black female group 
and in that time period and trying to push you to become mainstream like what or or just being have, being unapologetically black women Maxine in particular being like you know natural with her fro and her and her braids and that kind of thing like I'm like what were some barriers that we probably don't know about that you had to deal with without you know incriminating yourself or without you know hashing up old drama like what are some things that you can tell us you know and not just the Luther Vandross <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe <laughs> I want to know so much. I and also more exclusives with 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 things like the Thousand Times remix. Give us some more exclusives. What are you guys doing? I agree, and I really, really, really like the number one question is what what happened to Max's face on the Masterpiece Theater yes album? Like questions that, I, that I need answers. Go, like you could put that on my tombstone because I wonder where did it all go wrong, and I feel like we could candidly talk about that with. <laughs> I feel like that's something that at this point, like, folks have to have a sense of humor about, I would imagine. And so, like, I just want the real, I want it from, I want it from Max herself. Yes, like, like, how her, pissed you were think? you when you saw that? Because <laughs> I'm pissed for you. <laughs> and, I would um, never forget going into the, the record, the, the music store, because we had those back in the day, you know, the music stores, and seeing that, see, seeing that CD and going, who the hell is this? Where's Max? <laughs> I was like, who is this lady? Because that's not Maxine. So we definitely need to talk to Maxine about that. I think that, like, if she has any interviews and someone does not ask about that, like, what are you doing? How could you not ask about that if you know anything about it? Because that, it really is a mystery. Like, to me, and it's not even so much the, the Masterpiece Theater cover. It is the Riddle single cover for me. It's like, okay, um, what? what, what was it? Cause I, I, I was it shit. Like, what was going? Like, how does she look that different? Like, how is it was possible? she busy that day, and they got a stand-in? I don't right. Know. Yeah, I want to know. Of course, respectfully, she doesn't want to talk about it. Anyone, if they don't want to talk about anything, believe me, I have an arsenal of other questions I can ask you. But I, I, that is a mystery to me. Like, how do you look so much different? Like, we talked about the emancipation of Mimi where Mariah Carey, like, you can kind of see, like, okay, you know, a lot was done, but it still looks like Mariah. So. Yeah. Questions that need answers. Absolutely. Um, I also really, really, like, I love when people ask questions about, like, like, rare tracks or B-sides or favorite like album tracks or album cuts that weren't singles like i just want to sort of like explore that with any and all of the members um or even like with um like production or musicians or whomever i just want to sort of talk about the songs that don't get right the love <laughs> that they depth. deserve our interview will be so also would, love, also would love to ask like who are some artists that they might have wanted to collaborate with but it never transpired you know, maybe scheduling conflicts. Maybe there was a deadline that they, that couldn't be met. Maybe the label didn't see didn't see it for them. You know, but I would love to see like, oh, who were some people that y'all wanted to collaborate with at the time, but probably never got the opportunity to to do it. Hmm. There's so much. So like, I just feel like if we can get someone on the show, it's going to be a great interview because you know we are true fans. That we're not going to ask about you know 
Did you really meet at an audition? Right. Tell us how did info get together? It's going to be it's it's gonna be great. So come on the show. Can y'all can y'all imagine can y'all imagine if we if we had the ladies on here and the first question was to tell us how did Invo get started? Are they that question they always ask what do you think about the music industry now? Like why don't you think there's any more groups? Like who cares? We want to talk about Invo. So definitely we'll give a good interview and we want interviews and we want exclusives. Uh, in conclusion, for me, um, I'm just looking forward to reporting some amazing opportunities for Invogue for season three. I mean, for season two, maybe season three, whatever have you. Like, I'm, you, can't do this you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to just being like, oh my God, Invogue is doing this. Invogue is doing that. Like, I'm looking forward to that because I, I love ladies and I feel like. Um, there's a whole new era for them as a group and individually. So, so what do you guys think about potentially having any um, guest hosts to come on with us? I am in favor of that. If we, of course, like with any group situation, there has to be chemistry. Just from some of the letters though that we've gotten and some of the comments, like Romello, I think he will be a good guest host. He seems to be very knowledgeable and he seems to be a, he likes like Amanda and Rona. So he's, you know, and he follows the group. He knows like very, uh, you know, tracks that a lot of people wouldn't know. So I feel like he will be a good guest host. So if we have somebody, you know, who's, who's fun and gets a, knows how to get a well with others, you know, I think, you know, every now and then it'll be nice to have a guest host. I'm kind of into that. I feel like, um, almost like, you know, the view, right? Like we are the staple, <laughs> sta- uh, the staple four, but like life happens and sometimes one of us can't be on or whatever. And it'd be kind of cute to have somebody come in and like take the seat at the table and just call join me, in just on the call chat. Me Wendy. So I'm, I'm not into, into Sherry into Shepard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And I was going to say, I think it would be dope if we had, like, a special celebrity guest host, you know? Like, you know, Mr. Frank Gatson has lots to say. He gives good talk, you know? That would be fun. Or, like, like a, like a, a famous or celebrity guest host mm. who's, like, an Invoke yes. super fan, too. You know what I mean? Like... So maybe not somebody who's like part like the interviews can be people who are like we can go in depth with around like in vogue and all things music and such. But like it'd be cool to have somebody who like is a, a super fan on the low who wants to come in and like Ooh, walk through all of the sort of parts of the episode. Yes. 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 I love mm-hmm. me some Holly Robinson Pete. I do too. But can you imagine Holly Robinson Pete like actually a member of Invogue? That would have been cute in the nineties, you know? When Don le- when Don left and bought in Holly Robinson Pete, that would have been cute. You know, she's beautiful and she got a little you know, she can hold a note. Champ, do you want a guest co host? No, I, I think it, it it is a cool idea to have like, you know, listeners come in to to kind of contribute. That would be cool. 
Um, Romello, Ricardo, and DT. I don't know about you, DT, because you was going a little too hard on Terry. But R- Ricardo, Romello, I even think who was it? Justice Jackson from Iowa. You know, it'll be fun to you know get in the ring with them and see how they throw down. So, do we have hopes for Invoke's future? Of course we do. Of course we do. New music, absolutely. I want new music. Like I will say this. A thousand times. I really want them to have a comeback. You know, maybe that's, you know, um, a pipe dream, but it is my dream. You know, make music that you want to promote and, you know, how you're going to promote it. Uh, I, you know, so for me, absolutely. I know we all want the music, right? No one doesn't. I'm actually very optimistic for new music. I think that I continue to say that this lineup of In Vogue, they need their own catalog that people get excited to hear. Most people who know them will get excited for their old catalog with the original four. But this current lineup with Cindy, Rona, and Terry, they don't have, besides Rocket, they don't have a lot of hits that are recognizable or that are that really, it you know, get audiences excited the way they will if Don't Let Go came on or My Love It came on or Free Your Mind came on. So I do want this current lineup to get, you know, three more songs where it's kind of like, yes, this era, these three, I love that song by by this in vogue. And I think that perhaps more fans would be a little more accepting of this lineup and stop saying, where's the original four at? They're gone, baby. They're gone. You know, but I feel like if they have some good songs that we can bop to, more people would be accepting of this lineup in Vogue, even though it's been over 15 years. But I digress. I, I also, I really would love some new music, um, but I also don't feel a need to rush new music. I want them to take their time and explore. I think we said this on like maybe the first episode. It was like hang out and, and sort of like, vibe and figure out what works and what sounds good and like let it feel organic versus like we need to do this by the state by whatever um i would love that and then i also just like i mean there's got there there's rocket if if rocket was an indication they got it in them to bring like to bring it back to the charts and the same way that we see like Yes. Charlie Wilson is on, is number one on the R&B charts every year for some song. And Let Us See just went independent and got her number one, um, on the R&B, adult R&B charts and like Tony Braxton. So like, it's just like, I know it's, I know with the right song and with the right everything, they can make it work. I also, it's probably not going to happen, but I would just love if Max yes. would just hop back in for a second. Just for a second, just for like a couple shows or something. So that would make me happy, but we'll see. You know, I I look at in when when I think of like a possible reunion in some form or fashion, I kind of look at in vogue as like you know them just being sisters, you know, um, who had a falling out, who had a disagreement, and they just kind of go their separate ways. But it's kind of like you know when Christmas rolled around. When Thanksgiving come around, you come out to the dinner table and none of that stuff doesn't matter for at least the duration of dinner. You know what I mean? So I feel, I feel like, for example, I feel like there are a lot of uh, entities and, and award shows or what have you that 
need to do like the Invoke tribute. I think that that should happen. Soul Train. Because if you can, if you can um, honor Ashanti, then certainly you can. You can honor Invoke. Certainly. Soul Train honored Ashanti. Yes, this year Ashanti was the Lady of Soul. Whatever. It's like she got up and did a performance of her hits, and I'm like, I mean, that's cute, but 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 still, it's kind of like you're honoring Ashanti, and there's so many other women that you could honor before her. I mean, and that you still can honor today, you know, because I mean, because plus Invoke has so many iconic performances that happen on Soul Train that it's like, why wouldn't you bring them back to, to do a tribute for them? And I think there are so many like up and coming newer artists that would jump at the opportunity to, to tribute Invoke. Yeah. But I will say that when I forgot where it happened, but when Desi's Child got, got a tribute for them and it was A. Marie and exactly and then the other people like when they did that tribute to in Desi Shop, I thought that it was so trash that Latoya and Latavia were not there obviously I understand the circumstances but at the end of the day they were in that group since they were teenagers and so if you're going to honor Desi's child's legacy you have to honor all at all facets so if there is an involved tribute I feel like all members should be present, absolutely regardless of who is in the lineup at, regardless of who's in the lineup right now because it's like why would you have a tribute and, and Dawn and Maxine aren't present so I think that if they're the tribute they all should be there hopefully but I guess that's my hope for the future that one of these entities uh, Soul Train, whatever have you, BT would do an invoke tribute and it would be done the right way with the right uh, performances and that all members are present. And that that opportunity like kickstarts them into a new era of something like and that could be with all of them or that could be like they came here for this thing and then now capitalize 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 like all these other folks do like get your tour get your record get your you know whatever my thing it's just that i feel like there needs to be more planning on their part maybe they need a better team because so many reunions have happened and it just kind of seems like they were rushed instead of thinking okay this is how we're going to do it we're going to release this song it just seemed like the reunions were what is that word when it's just haphazard um okay that, that works too <laughs> like with the alicia keys tribute it's like okay well alicia keys asked us oh don says should do it okay well let's do some shows um with the salt and pepper uh the, like around 2005 when they did vh1 hip-hop honors okay don agreed to do it okay we're going to have a reunion. Let's try to do some shows instead of saying, okay, we need to sit down and talk. We need the business together. We want to have at least one new song with, you know, well, I, now it'll be five. I know some people might not want the five, but that it, it is what it is. Do it that way first. And like, not just have, oh, Sylvie Ron invited us. Oh, down to Maxine agreed. Okay. And then like, no, like, let it be you who initiates the action. Don't let it be reactionary to what's happening. I think that's the only way that'll work all the other times it hasn't because they haven't really sat and communicated and get all have all the contracts so like Don, no, you can't leave after three shows. You have to do ten okay. and we're gonna <laughs> You gotta you know, see like, it through. You have an end date to it, this contract. Exactly. And so it's not like you guys are just you know, trying to catch a train or something and you're running behind it like you be the drivers of the train if you're gonna if they're gonna I love that Matan be the drivers of the train <laughs> um reevaluating your circle and your team to say okay we want to do something new but perhaps where we want to go 
maybe the person that we have doing this specific thing probably isn't the best, you know. For example, like, obviously Michael Mann was, rest, rest, God rest his soul, he wasn't old enough, you know, or in his prime to style and vogue when they did the 20th anniversary, obviously. You know, but he came at the right time when they did the Rocket era. So I feel like, okay, it's like, okay, in vogue, we're trying to do something new, something different. It's like, well, who, who do we usually go to? Can we trust them to take us somewhere new, you know, or or interview people to say, oh, we like him and we like her. If we put them together, that'll be gold. Or we like this, we like this producer and we like this, uh, you know, this coordinator for this and this stylist here. It's like, it's like we're trying to go to new eras. Let's, let's reevaluate our team. Can they do the job? And if not, it's okay to say, well, we're going to go in a different direction because at the end of the day, the brand is what matters most. Well, so now we are going to transition into our favorite part of the podcast, which is our listener letters. If you like, if you like to get in touch, send us an email at partofusedf at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram and we'll read it on an upcoming episode. And our first email is from Daryl. And you know, when I was little, I had a friend named Daryl. I hope he's doing okay. I don't know what happened to Daryl. I think he moved back to New York City. I've never seen him since. So, uh, but anyway, Daryl, this (laughs) Daryl, this Daryl is, uh, his saying, his email says, Hi, all. Thanks for the always entertaining podcast. I always look forward to it. Oh, I wonder what you think about an unplugged album or a covers album that I believe was once said to have been in the works. Also, I didn't know about Rona's recent interview. I hope they'll release something new soon. Totally agree when one of you mentioned the Shindellas. Well, that wasn't me. I think Invogue should have tried that direction musically. It would fit them. Keep up the great work, Daryl. I will say this. I think you should listen to their most recent album. Listen to it all the way through, or at least get to like track five, and then okay. you can and you can kind of like try to connect it with like a, a new sound for Invoke because they do have some songs that's kind of like, oh wow, like whoever's producing them should produce some songs for Invoke. This is Kelly. Yeah, Clark Kelly. He he does amazing with them, and I think he would be great for Invoke as well. Thank you, Darren, for listening for sure. And I do, wait, 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 now Unplugged album, covers album, Unplugged, yes, but Don, interesting, I was watching, cause you know she has thousands, I'm not even trying to be funny, this is not shade, but she has a lot of Instagram live videos that are now being posted to YouTube. I'm not on Instagram, so I didn't see a lot of stuff. So when I see something, I'm like, hmm, you know, let me just click, I'll click through, she's not giving me anything. But one thing she said that was interesting was that Sony Records uh, wanted to give them a deal when it was the original for, I guess probably back in like the early 2010s. But the reason she didn't like the Sony deal was because it was like they wanted a covers album so her thing was kind of like covers album that's like like would you get and she said this this is not me saying it. she was like would you get destiny's child to do a covers album <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that makes sense to me a little bit because um who was it let me double check this but <clears throat> i think it was boys to men they in I believe yes, it they was did a covers tw- album. like the early two thousand and it revitalized their career. Right. I'm trying to see what label it was on. But um but yeah, I think that at that time it was definitely like a thing for if you're gonna come back or resurrect some uh, a a group or something, 
give them a covers album. Yeah. I mean, they did it. I don't think, um, they did, they actually did a couple, they did like two covers albums. They did a, um, an album in 2004 called Throwback where they did, that was the first one. And then they did another covers album in 2017. But because of those covers albums, they were able to have residencies in Vegas. Like it really ended up like giving them, you know, like uh, uh, a boost in their career. Like it's one thing to be known in the nineties as a, you know, a, a successful R and B group. But I think singing some of those classic songs, it just, it, it kept them booked and busy. Well, I know, you know? a lot of fans have songs mm-hmm. that they loved, would love to hear them cover. And I remember the episode I wasn't on, a fan asked you guys what songs you would like in Vogue to cover. So I think you guys would be in favor of it. I kind of agree with Don. If they were to do that, my thing is like, you can't do the emotions. You can't do the Jones and Girls. For me, like in Vogue, you're supposed to have Ace. They would have to come out totally left field and maybe do like rock covers or something. But that's my opinion. Why? I th- I would love to hear in Vogue do the Jones girls and the emotions, the Pointer Sisters. I just think the production can't be cheesy. I think on a lot of covers, on a lot of covers, the production is kind of karaoke. So as long as like the production is there, like I think about Escape when they did Who Can I Run To? Like the production was top notch. Like Jermaine did a good job. Jermaine Dupree did a good job of like making it you know, sound relevant and current and they got a big hit. They got one of their most popular hits from it. I actually think that they should combine the ideas and do an unplugged album of covers because I think that like a a tribute show of them doing like iconic girl group songs, like I just think that like I want to hear them do the Jones girls, but maybe I think doing it live with a really amazing band would be really more moving to me than hearing them do it like squeaky queen squeaky clean on like their record. And then imagine like all of the the guests they could have, you know, be a part of that whole thing. I I think it'd be cool to do it like uh it unplugged with best of and vogue that also includes covers. Like you know kinda like how they do when they do their concerts and their tours. They do do covers, you know, with their music. I think it'd be cool to like you know, give us that live, that involved live experience on an album that's unplugged, and then bring in some, you know, some cool people. Like, get Jasmine Sullivan to come sing a song with y'all. You know, get Abba Riley. You know, maybe Cynthia Erivo. You know what I mean? Maybe Holly Robinson P can make a little cameo when she can be a part of Involved. But like, you know, like, if there's some cool little ideas that There is a cast of characters you just named. I mean, but, but, but that's what makes this, that's what makes the, that idea intriguing. Like, that's a lot of people, and you don't, you know. So I feel like it'll be cool if that if that did happen. I'm, I'm here well, for see, that. That's why I love talking to you guys because you guys make me see things totally differently. And I'm thinking about when Mariah did her unplug. She did "I'll Be There," which of course we all know is a cover of the Jackson Five, and she had Trailer Renz, you know, sing Jermaine's part. So I'm saying it. I, I, I mean, I would love an unplug. I think that's what I said on the first episode. I would love an unplug. And, I think most people on Unplugged do covers like Nirvana's Unplugged. They did The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie. And I think when Eric Clapton did his, and I think he probably has the best selling of all time, he had that new song, well, it was new at the time, Tears in Heaven, when his son passed away. So it would be great if they could have like a new song, you know, a new invoke kind of acoustic song. They do their old stuff acoustic and have some covers. I just know that when, like, if a girl group covers a girl group, 
they might not have that moment of transcendence. Maybe they will, but I'm just thinking of if they like did Depeche Mode, shake the disease, that would like because like no one probably that's not a really popular song, so they could kind of make it theirs. Whereas if they did Jay Don't Walk Away, I, I just think like if it's a known song, you know, there's going to be a competition and the comparisons fans are going to be turning it apart. Yeah. I think certain songs are just are typical. Like if you're going to do, if they were to, if they were to do a covers album, I would want them to do songs that are not like the biggest hits from a, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to do like those hidden gems, those, you know, those songs that haven't been redone a hundred times already. Covers albums feel sometimes when they're not done right. They feel like, do y'all ever watch Mad TV? Like mm-hmm. when they used to do like the parodies yeah. of people, like the Whitney parody, and they would do like the Shout fake songs that she would be singing. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Deborah Wilson. Um, but that's what it felt like. The Aretha one, I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> I was like, is this for real? Because it just was very, it was so campy that I was just like, okay, this is a choice. <laughs> like, I guess, girl. But like. So thank you, Daryl, for your letter. Thank um, you, Daryl. The next letter, well, it's a DM on Twitter um, from Simone. Hi, Simone. Thanks for listening. Her question is what reality show? Would you like to see in Vogue guests on? Mine is RuPaul's Drag Race. Love you, face. Um, so one, I actually was thinking about why in Vogue has not guest starred on Drag Race because this past season they just did a whole girl group supreme tribute. Um, I think two episodes ago. So I'm like, yeah, have in Vogue, you know, guest star. On Drag Race, I also would love to see In Vogue on, um, dang, I just had a brain fart. It'll come back to me. What do you guys think? What what shows do you want to see them on? I really, 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 really do love the idea of RuPaul's Drag Race because RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul in general has a real affinity for bringing in, like, folks who maybe are not super, super mainstream top of the top of the charts, top of everything. Like, I think about how RuPaul to this day will bring Latoya Jackson on. <laughs> and like, it brings some of these folks who I think like there's, there's something, there's something there to be enjoyed by the masses. And so I think RuPaul's really like that kind of like got that finger on the sort of like pop culture kind of, uh, pulse. And so. I think it's a it's a perfect thing. They do girl group challenges all the time on Drag Race. They just did one a couple episodes ago. It would make so much sense. And they've if I I can't remember if they've done a lot of or if they've done any drag uh, if they've done any invoke they songs have. on Drag Race. But I just yes. think it would be they've so. They done my loving and free your mind. And they did what a man because trinity did did the hell out of that um and so yeah like it would be so cool the same way that i think natalie cole got to watch uh, you oh, know somebody do her song good, like i just think it would be so good this will be everlasting. i would love to see um, iconic them guest star on legendary on hbo max the vogue show oh yeah i would love to see them mm. on there just because it's a younger audience i also would love to see like the girls Maybe even individually be one of the panel judges on any of these competition shows. Like, I don't know if you guys remember um, when Baby Spice and Sean from Boys to Men, they were panelists, or, and Nick Carter, it was a oh, show. Baby. 
It was yeah on boy band, and I'm like, that's like a cool thing. So, but just kind of seeing like how like there's so many iterations of like X Factor, America's Got, Got, America's Got Talent, like in in the UK, in Russia, Germany, and Japan. Like there's so many iterations, and but they do bring in stars from from out of the country. So I definitely would be here for um, what, Terry or Cindy or even Rona, like being guest judges or even like being like um, permanent judges on like a competition show in any capacity. Like, I think that I think they would be great judges for sure. Well, to Simone's point, Rue knows in Vogue. She, I remember they were on one of his Christmas specials. They sent in like, you know, video from mm-hmm. their trip bus and then they were tour bus. And on the actual, when he had the talk show on VH1, they were on there. So is it shade that he has not happened on the show yet, Rue? Because I know Rue is a Scorpio like me. So did something happen? Because it really, I mean, it makes no sense that, 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 that they haven't been on the show. The Pointer Sisters have been on the show. Like, who hasn't been a guest judge? You know, that, you know, his audience. audience. I think the budget went up and then the talent and the, yeah, like, I mean, at this point, they that show has won so many Emmys. They can ask pretty much Meryl anyone. So, and it seems like they are they're going for a younger audience. To be honest, so you know, I mean, they've got Nicki Minaj, Lizzo, Christina Aguilera. So I mean, Gaga. you know, back in the days when they used to put Lizzo Jackson <laughs> on when they were on Logo, real put in vogue on the show. And all the queens are under 30, so... Rue, put them on the show. (laughs) So next, we have an international letter. So we have uh, an email from Connor in Glasgow, Scotland. Connor says... I was watching random videos of En Vogue on YouTube, and I realized that they only promoted Electric Cafe on one show, the Wendy Williams show. I don't know how many units they sold of Electric Cafe, but probably not very many. I don't mean that disparagingly. I just can't imagine it selling well with the lack of marketing behind it. Do you think they screwed themselves by not doing more promotion for that album? Why do you think they didn't do the late night talk show circuit? Thanks, Connor. I have lots of opinions. Uh, Potential guest host, Connor. I like, I like, I like, I like your get down. I liked how you asked that. Well, let's be very clear though, y'all. The reason that they didn't get to do more promotion is because it's not because they didn't want to. <laughs> like, right. they would have been like, anywhere. Just, you can't just walk up to the, you know, Conan O'Brien and be like, let us in to talk about our album. Right. <laughs> well, I have my thinking is, you know, we talked about the teams and champ i believe it was you who was saying you know if someone can't do this i think they're publicists you don't understand social media you don't understand like what people want to see like a people magazine cover shoot like we don't i mean maybe some people like a people magazine cover shoot but then the way they look in the magazine like i went out and bought it so when I saw the pictures, I was like, is the photographer trying to make them look bad? Like, I was just so upset with that. And so when you are using, like, the old school marketing tools and the old school marketing things, like, it's not going to have a reach. So going on the radio, you know, to the state. Well, I get why you go on the radio because you want WBLS to play your stuff. But a lot of the stuff that they did, like the Apple Store, none of that to me was good. And then by the time they got on Wendy Williams, to me, it looked like, you know, the, the like, they weren't prepared 
it looked like, you know, they looked all fresh faced, like for radio. But then when they got on Wendy, like it looked like the makeup, the hair, like it looked like, you know, it, I just think like the marketing was all wrong. I feel like they still don't know how to use social media. I feel like they could do their own reaction videos that would get more views than the stuff that they post. I feel like they could, you know, outreach a little bit more. They could have throwbacks. There's just so much that they can do. So for specifically for for the that album, pushing it back a week when like for like all the time it was supposed to come out, I think in like March then it comes out. You push it back a week later, you go on only on one TV show, you do all this radio, you do all this print stuff that nobody reads anymore. I think it's a matter of I think it's the whole team though. I think I mean, listen, at the end of the day, even with the best publicists in the world, if people are not excited about what you're doing, you're not, you know, the booking people over at Ellen and the Snag Show or wherever else, like, they're not going to be that excited to book you if there's no, you know, general interest. You and know what I mean? That's how you so, use social media. It's free. Like, I'm telling you, like, if they, yeah. like, with Rocket, like, if they had harmonized it, like, did an acapella or something on their own social media and it went viral, because a lot of the times when they do the little, those little snippets with the young girls, like, that gets like 47,000 views. And, Boss, and also, it's the consistency. Like, I see, like, the ladies, like, on the Invoke site, like, they'll, they'll do certain things every now and then, but there's not a consistent effort. If you look at the people like Cardi B and people like, you know, Summer Walker and, you know, um, Nicki Minaj, the girls who are really doing it on social media, it's a 24-7 job. You have to be on it. You have to be consistently posting, engaging, you know, constantly putting stuff out there, constantly interacting with the blogs and, you know, the people who have the pulse on the audience that you're trying to, to target. Um, and they don't consistently do that enough. You know what I mean? Like putting out a video like they did regarding like, this is how we get ready for our show. Like, that's nice, but y'all probably won't post anything for the next four weeks. So... <laughs> You know, like you have to have some type of consistency with social media to gain attraction, to gain the audience. Well, I will say that I didn't even realize that um, they only promoted it on one show. I didn't realize that until Connor brought it up. So that is horrible, first of all, horrible to do when you're promoting an entire album that we've been waiting, what, 14 years to get? That's horrible choice. Um, and I and go ahead, Josh. <laughs> go ahead. Um, the, to the social media point, I, like what people are, I don't think people realize that what people are doing now is they're like taking a like two or three days and they're just like recording content for days, right. like and oh, there's the um, what piece is that? What is that? This is people. Let me turn the light off so you can see. But like, you can't see. Oh, I remember that shoot. I remember that shoot. How can they do them like that? That's messed up. But like, it was interesting. I, I was maybe, in all honesty, like, I was surprised they got as much coverage as they did. Because I think like, E1 sometimes, like, I see artists come through E1, especially a lot of like, there's a lot of interesting people that get signed to E1, like, and sometimes they don't, they don't get the, they don't get the coverage that they even got. Like, so I don't know, but I think to y'all's point, like, they're still, they're still freaking in vogue. They should have been able to just off of that alone, been able to like book 
all I would have been anywhere that they would have took me on every television show that they would that they would book me on. I just want to point out that the original four were booked and busy. (laughs) The original four were on The View. They were on the Trumpet Awards. They were on Jet Magazine. But there was no music, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, it has to... But I I just think that... I don't think the current lineup is is going to be something that is going to generate the same amount of interest. You know what I'm saying? Because I think at the end of the day, the people have to want to book you like what is the what is the draw what is the catch what is the wow factor so i will say that one i'm curious to know what in vogue sees them where in vogue sees themselves in, in today's current industry like are they just content with you know popping up here and there while doing shows and that's it but I feel like if they are interested in like a new era as this current trio, it's like who on your team is a social media manager? Or do you even have a social media manager? Because right now, social media is the cream of the crop to build and continue a brand. One thing I will say is that Rona needs to bring her butt to LA for a, for a week and they need to do a, a, a social media content shoot for about three or four days. I'm talking about photo shoots, TikTok videos, Instagram videos, musical covers, etc., etc. I don't know what that budget is going to look like, but I feel like they need to they need to get a budget to do and to to for a whole week just do like a like a whole shoot for all social media content. Um, or, and even have a, have a meeting with their label, their creative team and the social media manager to say, okay, well, where do we see ourselves on social media? Like what, what, um, category do we want to, uh, dominate on social media? You know, on TikTok, TikTok has gay TikTok. You have clean talk. You have mom talk. You have black TikTok. You have, you know, women TikTok. You got makeup TikTok, like, you know what I mean? It's all different subgenres within TikTok. Like, what do you want to take advantage of? Like, what do you need to do? But I feel like there's a, like I said, there's a whole market of social media that they're not um, utilizing and taking advantage of, especially with them being these uh, glamazons, these trendsetters, these statuous, iconic women in the culture. It's like, it's no reason like y'all shouldn't be posting, you know, beauty shots and fashion shots every week so we have a letter from brian wilson on youtube in response to our album covers episode i love don's album cover the boobs are boobing but her being off centered was awesome i may be thinking more into it than what was intended but i looked uh to it as a focus on her being solo the negative space was to signify the spots left for terry max and cindy but they are not there. Don is solo. No, they. I was so impressed with Josh and Champ. They went deep, and I like how people can look at things figuratively and metaphysically, and look at all these layers, and you know, you know, because I mean that's what a lot of academia is. You know, it's you know looking beyond what's there. So they did a really good, great job of that. And to Mr. Wilson's point, maybe that is what it is. 
Well, folks, that is that is the end of our season finale. So, oh my god! <laughs> um, season one down, and we're already renewed. Right, uh-huh. we renewed our damn. We renewed our damn selves. We ain't got to wait for nobody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, y'all, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, listen to us. And reminder, reminder to our listeners to please email us um, any invoke footage that you might have. Go dig up those VHS tapes. We want the footage. We will host it on our YouTube channel, Invoke Craze. For more Invoke-related content, find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Invoke Craze or on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Comments or questions can be sent to partofusevf at gmail.com. Thank you to my illustrious co-hosts. Um, I am Josh, and you can find me on the internets at Josh Jinx. What about y'all? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Everybody Loves JP. You, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Champ Johnson. You can find me on YouTube trolling and just being an evil person. Um, I haven't posted any videos any videos recently, but I promise you when the tour starts and I go to the show on May 27th at the Cryptocurrency Arena, I will have video footage of In Vogue. And maybe I'll have video footage of other acts too. So look for me on YouTube at You're a Little Dog too. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for reviewing and sharing your thoughts. And thanks for sharing the podcast all around. And we will see you next season. Tell a friend. (laughs) Bye. 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 This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invoke and chat with other fans by visiting Invoke Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invoke Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of Us and Invoke Fancast is not endorsed by Invoke, E1 Music, or Invoke Records and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective copyright holders. <laughs>